Hello, welcome back. This is a third video in the series, and we're getting much closer to present date, and I feel like we're really starting to make some progress in terms of putting all this information together, and hopefully starting to give you more of a backdrop and an understanding of what's happening in the markets, kind of how you can piece some of the information together yourself, but if nothing else, hopefully giving you a little bit more of the fundamentals necessary to follow along with our predictions so you can see the value and um, legitimacy in those forecasts. So now we're looking at the summer 2018 market update. Uh, this was released at the end of the summer, uh, beginning of September, basically the end of August. And this one has a um, interesting little cartoon. First comes the bubble, then comes the bath. So we've got bubbles, bubbles everywhere, and uh, they're all on the verge of popping. So definitely something we want to be prepared for, on the lookout for, and uh, hopefully finding opportunity and um, prospering from. So jumping right into this, page three, the introduction. Like a clock pendulum, when markets swing too far to one side, they inevitably reverse course to swing back the other way. The question of when is the most elusive to answer, but there are a number of patterns, trends, and historic reference points we can look at that suggest a correction in the elevated price of assets, specifically stocks and equities, is getting closer. Investors have enjoyed such a long run of returns with very little volatility that many market participants have become overly complacent. One of the reasons we're currently still in the second longest period without a recession is because an unprecedented amount of liquidity was provided to the markets by global central banks, specifically the U.S. Federal Reserve Bank, as we know, the Fed. This liquidity was generated by quantitative easing, which is the fancy term used to refer to the money printing and asset purchase experiments used by central banks to save financial markets from Armageddon after the collapse of Lehman Brothers and Bear Stearns in 2009. However, as you'll see in this market update, these experiments are in their final stages, and for some countries, including the U.S., central banks have not only discontinued quantitative easing, but have begun to reverse the process by winding down their balance sheet. By letting the government bonds on balance sheet to expire instead of the central bank reinvesting that money back into the market, this process of unwinding is vaporizing the liquidity that was previously acting as a safety net. The market is like a junkie on a binge, and sobriety is going to be a hard thing to bear. The winding down of the federal balance sheet has only just begun, but the shockwaves are already being felt, especially for overseas markets, which have been benefiting by the constant flow of dollars into their economies the past decade. The charts in this spring preview will provide a glimpse into the situation I just explained above and outline how to set up with inevitability, excuse me, and outline how the setup will inevitably mean heavy losses for equity investors and record low interest rates as the resulting rotation from stocks to the safety of bonds causes the price of bonds to soar and interest rates to plummet, a theme now we've been hammering to death and a theme that is actually now becoming uh, coming to fruition. So you can see the argument that we've been making for some time and now these pieces are really starting to stack up. And the proof is in the pudding. We're seeing the changes in the marketplace reinforce and support the uh, forecasts that we've made and the arguments that we're still making. To learn more about the risk on and risk off relationship of stocks and bonds, as well as how to more, 
excuse me, as well as how mortgage rates are determined by the price of mortgage bonds. Please read our special report, The Truth About Mortgage Rates. And again, hopefully by now, if you're watching this video, you didn't jump ahead, that you've at least started with that more um, comprehensive deep dive into how mortgage rates work, how really markets work in general in terms of the relationship between risk on, risk off, stocks and bonds, all very important information you need to understand first before you try to dive in and understand the arguments and predictions we're making. Like I said at one point in a previous video, we've had a number of people in our industry that didn't understand this concept and were pointing at us like we were the fools when clearly they were the ones who didn't understand the market forces that were playing out. And of course, their clients got hurt because of that, whereas our clients have been benefiting greatly over the past couple months. Moving on to page four, tipsy topsy. The market is extremely overweight and one-sided in these types of circumstances. The snowball effect, think of a snowball rolling downhill, picking up size and momentum, can occur when markets begin to sell off, can become self-reinforcing, which results in panic selling and eventually a crash. One of the factors behind this type of market action is short sellers. When someone is shorting, they are betting that a particular asset or investment will fall in price or value. If a short seller is wrong and the price does not fall as expected when they need, excuse me, let me start that sentence over. If a short seller is wrong and the price does not fall as expected, then they need to cover their short position by purchasing the asset they were betting against. This buying action causes the price to increase, which can trigger short covering for other short sellers in a massive short squeeze, which is like a tsunami of buying and price increases as short sellers rapidly try to unwind their positions. I mentioned this briefly in the previous video with the expectation that the Federal Reserve is going to be raising the, the Fed funds rate next week, the potential for this to cause bonds to rally and mortgage rates to fall, most importantly, the price of bonds to be going up, this is going to cause a potential short squeeze, which means the short sellers are going to then have to cover their position by buying the very asset that they were shorting, which furthers, uh, further pushes the price up which further pushes mortgage rates down, and you start to have the snowball effect, uh, more or less a self-reinforcing feedback loop, and the rally picks up steam and momentum. Currently, the stock market longs, investors who are looking for long-term opportunity or believe long-term that whatever they're investing in is going to gain in value or prove to be a worthy position. Currently, the stock market longs, which are investors betting on further growth, in a particular asset or asset class, as well as the bond market shorts, are both at record extremes. This is one of the reasons the bond market and interest rates have been under so much pressure since 2017. This extreme positioning is poised for a massive reversal, and this type of herd mentality almost always reverses course in dramatic fashion. Just think Bitcoin, housing bubble, dot-com bubble, etc., some of the extreme and record-setting positions investors are holding at the moment include the biggest short volatility position in the history of markets. This means there has never been in history of markets all assets, more investors betting that there will be a lack of market volatility. This is despite the turbulence we've already started to see in 2018, as the Fed has only just begun to unwind their balance sheet and withdraw the lifeblood of the market's liquidity. Next, we have the biggest long position in the history of the oil markets. Never before have more investments been, investors been betting on higher oil prices. This is already really starting to sting. We're watching oil prices right now come down in dramatic fashion 
I'm not sure if I'll have time to dive into what that means. It's probably going to be um, a video in itself, but lower oil prices is not necessarily a good thing for the economy, despite uh, what politicians like to tout, simply because it sounds good. Lower oil prices basically means uh, a significant lack of liquidity in the marketplace among a significant indicator of other factors starting to unwind, um, investors taking less risk, etc. The next, the biggest long position in the history of the oil markets. Never before have more investments been betting on oil prices. We just talked about that. The biggest almost long position in the history of copper. Copper is referred to as Dr. Copper because it acts as a barometer for economic growth since copper is used in so many things from construction to consumer goods. So Dr. Copper is showing weakness already despite the record long position in copper. So you have all these people who are piling in on one end of the trade. Think of the housing market. Everybody was long housing, thinking that nothing could ever go wrong in the housing market and everyone was betting on further growth in that sector. These are some of the extreme positions we're seeing in other areas that have high potential swinging the other way. And when they do swing the other way, they have been very indicative of severe corrections in the market or crashes. So these are all extreme long positions or extreme short positions. Whatever that position happens to be, it's at record highs, record lows. It's at extremes at a time when most likely that's probably going to unwind the other way. And when it does, not only does it create a snowball the other way, but that price action moving the other direction is indicative of market crashes or other types of severe market downturns. The largest short position in the dollar ever recorded. So the U.S. dollar is a reserve currency, and all foreign exchanges need to be first settled in dollars. The reduction of the Fed's balance sheet is actually soaking up dollar liquidity, which means there is an ongoing shortage of U.S. dollars, which is already causing the dollar to strengthen against foreign currencies. This dollar liquidity issue is probably the most underestimate risk to the markets. The U.S. dollar rally and eventual wiping out of the U.S. dollar shorts could be what triggers the next financial crisis. This is something else I'll probably dive into all by itself, but dollar strength, although good for us in certain cases as individuals, perhaps if you're traveling to another country and enjoying the fact that you can buy goods and services in other countries much cheaper, at the end of the day, the impact it has on the global economy um, is something to keep a close eye on. We've um, had other types of dollar crisis like this where the, the dollar as a reserve currency became increasingly stronger, and eventually we had different types of coordinated efforts to bring down the, the value of the dollar, um, as we did in Bretton Woods. Um, and so this is something that uh, some financial experts are predicting or talking about, that eventually the dollar rallies so much because there's such a huge demand for dollars, because there's so much global debt in dollars, and people need to pay their debts in dollars, and there's not enough dollars, and the oil price is coming down, which actually sucks out more dollar liquidity. And so you have all this demand for dollars, which skyrockets the value of the dollar, which puts additional pressure on these countries that have buy, uh, borrowed in dollars, or additional pressure on investors who have maybe taken on risky investments by first hedging or betting against a uh, weaker dollar. So the, the strength of the dollar is up to significant debate. I think it's one of the most heated debates about where the dollar is headed. Um, but as it looks right now, the dollar seems to be going higher, and part of the big argument for that is the uh, liquidity factor. And if the dollar does continue to strengthen, it's going to just add further pressure on all these very fragile market sectors. 
The next one is the largest short position in the history of Euro-dollar futures. The Euro-dollar market has a similar importance as the U.S. dollar in regards to providing liquidity to the markets, perhaps so even um, perhaps even more so than the dollar itself, given how there's this Euro-dollar uh, futures market that is really the lifeblood of um, the European market and providing liquidity outside of the dollar market to most of the world. Um, a few other points of interest, the largest long position in the history of equities, the largest underweight in the history of bonds. This is really where we're, we're putting our focus and emphasis. You've had this extreme trade go the other direction where everyone has just hated the bond market, hated bonds. You have what's called these bond vigilantes, uh, the anti-bond crowd that has come out in full force arguing that um, the record lows are in and, and interest rates are only going to be headed higher, something we disagree with and have been outlining our, our, the points for that disagreement over the last two videos and, of course, in this one, as I will um, in subsequent videos um, after this. And then lastly, the largest short position in the history of bond futures. So a lot of um, extreme market sentiment and some very significant and important uh, market classifications. So stuff we're watching very, very closely. Page six, the charts. As the Federal Reserve has begun raising short-term rates via the Fed funds rate, short-term borrowing costs have exploded to nine-year highs. This is putting tremendous stress on corporations and governments who tend to borrow via short-term financing. So the Fed raising the Fed funds rate does matter. It is important. It is significant. The separation I'm trying to help you understand is that it doesn't automatically mean higher mortgage interest rates. However, it does mean higher interest rates for a lot of different institutions and governments that tend to borrow short. So if they've borrowed one month, three months, one year, two years at a much lower interest rate two years ago, and now they need to reborrow again to kind of keep things going, and interest rates on that debt have skyrocketed, this is going to cause problems. The cost to pay the debt um, or service the debt is skyrocketing. Um, this is you know, soaking up or, or sapping up the um, profits and margins that these companies and governments have based on what they were paying before for debt as that the cost of debt rises. Obviously, that's eating up profits. So this is something to keep in uh, close watch on. And also part of the reason that once we do see more stress fractures form and potentially uh, see an inverted yield curve, uh, something is going to get flushed out. Maybe it's a government going into default. Maybe it's a, a country or a local government. Uh, maybe we see a major company or corporation collapse. Um, something's going to get flushed out due to the short-term higher interest rates um, and the potential inverted yield curve that that could cause as investors try to protect themselves against long-term risks by buying long-term bonds, therefore pushing the interest rate or yield on long-term bonds lower while the short-term interest rates going higher until they cross or invert. And that has historically, 100% of the time, basically been a signal that um, recession is on the way. The rise in rates in the U.S. has been attracting a lot of foreign capital since investors can now get a reasonable return on short-term U.S. government debt which has reached the highest level since 2008. This increase in rates is a big reason for the U.S. dollar strength, which as a result is putting immense pressure on foreign economies. If a foreign government borrowed money in the U.S. dollars, which most did, especially while U.S. rates were low, and suddenly the dollar increases in value, 
That means that foreign governments' debt just got larger and more expensive since they generate the income to pay those debts in their local currency, which is now weakening. Likewise, if overseas investors want to invest in the U.S. market, they need to convert their money into U.S. dollars, which adds even more fuel to the dollar rally. The two biggest economies where this is already wreaking havoc are Brazil and Italy, and there's a number of interesting charts I've included in here. The ETF, which tracks the Brazilian stock market, has been closely synced with the U.S. S&P 500 since 2016. The recent collapse in the index could be foreshadowing a similar move in the U.S. stock market. This is those analog comparisons using technical analysis to try to get a sense of probabilities and where the markets may be going based on what investors are doing or how investors have been making correlated trades. And now suddenly there's a divergence in those two trades. Um, this Brazilian ETF is a good example of that. And we're already starting to see the S&P slide uh, kind of following the, the lead of this um, EWZ ETF. And there's a number of examples I've, I've shown in, in the uh, previous charts. There's a number of examples throughout, um, I think, th this particular market update that does a pretty good job of just outlining the fact that there's these divergences occurring, and most likely you're going to have some form of reversion to the mean, or eventually they're going to find a balance and reconnect. And it's a question of where do they reconnect? Does the one come back up, or does the other come down to, to meet the um, other chart index or investment that has already started to slide? The Brazilian currency, the real, has also weakened dramatically against the dollar, as indicated by the chart below. This extreme weakening in currencies compared to the dollar is happening in a number, uh, a number of countries, um, and is is um, a good example is Australia, Argentina, Mexico. Um, so the dollar strength is hard to argue with right now. The argument more is is this the end, the, the top of the dollar. Um, or does the U.S. dollar have further to go in terms of its strength against uh, foreign currencies? The next problem child is Italy, which poses a number of systemic risks, including a banking system on the verge of collapse. The political future in Italy is also very uncertain, as current Italian leaders have ramped up the rhetoric of a possible exit from the EU, next, uh, nicknamed Italive. This nickname is similar to its predecessors, including Brexit and Grexit, for Greece. Since Germany is the safe haven economy in the EU, very much like the US is the global safe haven, the spread between the cost of German bonds and Italian bonds has widened massively overnight as the risk of an Italian default feels imminent. Similar risks and subsequent market fallout occurred in 2011 when the same situation began to unravel in Greece which eventually led to the record low mortgage rates of 2012. However, Italy is a much long, larger economy and far more significant than Greece. This is an important situation to watch and has already showed signs of being a likely catalyst for a bigger move lower in mortgage interest rates. So this is one of those things where the U.S. stands tall as the cleanest dirty shirt. We certainly have our own issues, but again, being the world's largest economy, having the reserve currency still, when you have these types of sovereign issues and, and potential government defaults in countries like Greece um, and Italy and France, um, Brazil, Portugal, etc., eventually investors are going to flee those markets and just try to find dry land or the safest place to park their money, and that's the U.S. bond market. Uh, it's also the U.S. dollar, you know, more or less a, a, an investment equivalent of the U.S. dollar is U.S. treasuries. 
mortgage bonds track and follow the U.S. government bond market, the U.S. Treasury market. So as U.S. Treasuries increase in price, mortgage bonds are going to increase in price, and that's eventually going to lead to lower mortgage interest rates. So if we have something significant happening in a, a geopolitical environment, uh, a government default, um, some sort of circumstance that could lead to major market contagion overseas, that has potential of creating significant momentum in the bond market in the U.S., and that is uh, one of our core arguments uh, behind the, the likelihood that we'll see much, much lower mortgage interest rates over the next year and a half as investors are going to be fleeing to the safe haven trade and the cleanest dirty shirt, the U.S. bond market. Next, here's a chart of Bitcoin. Actually, this is the chart of the S&P 500, but it looks a lot like Bitcoin just before it crashed from its high of 20000 down to its current price of around 7000 when markets take on a parabolic move, as the one you see above, they eventually correct back down in almost a symmetrical pattern. When you see a pattern like the one above, same as it was with Bitcoin, it isn't a matter of if things will correct violently, it is simply a matter of when. With the S&P 500, now the most overbought ever, the day of reckoning seems to be knocking on the door. When we look closer at Bitcoin and the S&P 500, we can see a very close correlation. In fact, the price action of Bitcoin, the black line in the chart, has been acting as a forward indicator for the S&P 500. The recent collapse in Bitcoin should be a stark warning for stock investors as the recent divergence between the two lines suggests a big correction for stocks may be looming. It's not only the S&P that is at peak levels, almost every major index is at all-time highs, each closely resembling the parabolic top of previous bubbles. History doesn't always repeat, but it most certainly rhymes, and these chart patterns are frightening examples of previous bubbles that have popped. I, I find it very difficult to believe we will not have a similar experience because we always have had a similar unwind when we have these types of parabolic moves. And so it's definitely something that we need to take serious, not ignore, because the proof is in the pudding. These are unhealthy. Um, unrealistic move in uh, price action, and eventually they need to come back down to earth, whether that be a reversion to mean or just a massive correction in price all at once. When we compare charts like the one above, the overall strength of the economy, the GDP, we can clearly see that the stock market bubble has been blown to even greater extremes as a result of the central bank stimulus. Entropy refers to the natural tendency for things to move toward disorder. The longer things are calm, the greater the potential for increased volatility or dramatic changes. The recent volcanic eruptions on the Big Island are a prime example. The Kilauea volcano was relatively calm for decades, such that a violent eruption like what just occurred was long overdue and almost expected. In markets, this type of sudden and dramatic change is sometimes referred to as the Minsky moment, when the calm suddenly gives way to the chaotic. Currently, the U.S. stock market has enjoyed the longest stretch of days in the history of the stock market without at least a 5% correction. Investors better start preparing for the Kilauea moment or risk getting scorched by the hot lava of a market crash. Page 12, the U.S. economy has also been defying cyclical trends. We are currently amidst the second longest period without a recession. Later this summer, we'll mark a new record Waiting around to celebrate it might not be the safest choice for investors, and we now have since passed that record. The signs of complacency are everywhere. For example, corporations set a new record for mergers and acquisitions, 
Peak levels in M&A activity are usually found late in the cycle and typically precede big market corrections. So the current record in, in global M&A is one of those telltale signs that we've kind of reached the end and things have gone a little too far. All of this extreme activity is occurring after nearly a decade of market stimulus is finally being removed. Central banks have started to remove the punch bowl, but the market wants to keep partying. The hangover is going to be painful. As the chart on the next page illustrates, the balance sheet unwind has barely even begun. Note the small dip, very, very small dip in the line graph. Yet the impact to markets has already been quite noteworthy. So the rollover of, um, excuse me, the unwinding of the Fed balance sheet has been such a tiny, tiny uh, amount. Yet what we've kind of see happening in the markets or the result of this quantitative tightening or this removal of liquidity has already been very noteworthy and significant. So it's going to be um, kind of a scary situation to see what happens if the Federal Reserve really starts to pick up momentum with this uh, quantitative tightening or the unwinding of the balance sheet, because I don't think the markets are um, prepared. And if they are prepared, I don't, I don't really think they're in a position to handle it without there being significant defaults and other types of market contagion associated with it. So keeping an eye on the Fed balance sheet in addition to the interest rate policy um, is an important thing to watch. While the euphoria in the stock market rages on, the bond market looks like it's bouncing off the recent lows which is in line with the long-term trend line. Technical analysis suggests the bottom for long-duration bonds and the 10 to 30-year debt may have been reached, which means the cycle high for interest rates has already passed. As the chart suggests, a move higher in bond prices, lower rates, has very little resistance from here, and a new bull market in bonds, lower rates, could just be getting started. Again, we wrote this in the summer, and now this statement has kind of been... Um, uh, validated as we have what appears to, to be a uh, the beginning of a new uh, bull market in the bond market. Sorry about that. That was uh, an alarm on my phone. As the chart suggests, a move higher in the bond prices, lower rates, has very little resistance from here in a new market. Bull market and bonds could just be getting started. So some interesting charts to look at there. The rapid increase in short-term rates, one to three year, and the likelihood of a move lower in long-term rates, 10 to 30 year, is moving us ever so close to an inverted yield curve, which I discussed in greater detail in earlier publications. So please go back and look at both the truth about mortgage rates, the, the first video, and the other um, market update that I provided in this video series as we dive deeper into the inverted yield curve and, and why it's important, the significance of it. Simply put, an inverted yield curve is when short-term rates are higher than long-term rates, which historically has been an indication of a recession. Currently, the yield curve between the two-year and the 10-year Treasury bonds are at the lowest level since the financial crisis and are very close to inverting. In the chart below, you can see the current yield curve and how in the past when it inverts, a recession follows. So lots of really good charts here. Uh, if you're just listening to this or kind of watching it casually, take a minute to go into the market update and actually review these charts. Um, best case scenario is you're, you're reviewing this, looking at the charts as I'm uh, reading it out loud to you, so you can digest the information um, either visually, uh, through audio, and while you're looking at the um, report at the same time. So I encourage you not just to listen to this, but make sure you're looking at the charts, because the charts are really the compelling part of the argument. 
page 16. As I just mentioned, things have been quiet for too long, and based on the City Economic Surprise Index, things are about to change, resulting in lower interest rates. Usually when this index reaches record levels over 75 and then reverses, interest rates fall significantly. Another really compelling chart on this page. Please go check it out. Additionally, since the great financial crisis in 2009, the last two times we've experienced a big run-up in interest rates, things quickly change direction and lower rates soon follow. This market update is extremely powerful. One of the reasons I chose it, not only because it was the last one I wrote for, for Q3, but also because the charts are so convincing, so clear and obvious, and so compelling. Um, the, the value and information in this report, I think, is, is, is significant. Um, despite all the evidence suggesting the lower rates, higher bond prices, are on the horizon, investors are the most short they have been in history. If bonds rally for any reason, just a little bit, the short squeeze will be so large that it would cause a colossal rally in bonds, and a massive snowball effect lower in interest rates. So we show the short position, we show this extreme amount of investors betting against the bond market, betting on higher interest rates, and we've already started to see some of this unwind and the snowball effect that it can cause now that interest rates are starting to move lower, bond prices are starting to go up, and these short sellers are getting whacked and needing to cover their position. That means some another short seller then needs to cover their position as the price continues continues to go higher and higher and higher. And given the extreme short position that is on right now against treasuries and treasury futures, the likelihood of a colossal rally is looking really good. So wrapping up here, as uncertainty increases, capital seeks shelter in the bond market. The price of bonds have an inverse relationship to rates. Therefore, as the price of mortgage bonds increases from higher demand, the result is lower mortgage rates. In a few months, we'll likely look back on today and refer to it as the market's last stand. As the information throughout this letter suggests, a severe market correction is no longer a question of if, but merely a matter of when. Although the outlook for the stock market seems dire, it is in times of chaos that we find the greatest opportunity. To learn, to learn how your mortgage can benefit from the impending downturn in stocks, please contact us for a free consultation. We hope to speak with you soon while there's still time to prepare. But in the meantime, we wish you all the best with your financial endeavors. May you be guided wisely in your journey to prosperity. Thank you so much for tuning in to this video, the third video of the series. Um, coming up next is our uh, Q4 2018 market update. It's gonna be bringing all this together and you're really gonna get an opportunity here to look at what, what we've been talking about, how it's been coming to fruition, and what we see coming in 2019. Also, by the time I finalize that report and post it, uh, it will most likely be after the Federal Reserve has already made their monetary policy decision, their interest rate, uh, rate policy decision in um, December 18th, and we'll be able to talk about that as well and, and the market's reactions to that. So we look forward to seeing you in the fourth video of the series, and if you have any questions, please leave comments, feedbacks, reach out to us. Uh, we'd love to engage with you in any way possible, help you prosper in this challenging time. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much.